we're here and we're about to have a blooming good time. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. And welcome back to another rip-roaring episode of the EFL Sesh podcast. Um, I'm, of course, as always, joined by my uh, my, my favourite person, Andy Houghton. And today, joined by another, my second favourite person, maybe, um, special guest, Benjamin Bloom. How are you, my friend? Feeling a bit rejected to only be your second favourite person, <laughs> to be honest. Well, uh, hey, time will tell. Ask me again in half an hour. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, yeah. And we'll, and we'll see. <laughs> um, Andy, how are you doing? I think you've actually pre-prepared some some stats. You've actually turned into the st- statistician this week, as opposed to myself. Yeah, so interesting information on deck. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you know, great to be back at the pod. Love, love recording every single week. And again, thanks so much, Ben. We did prepare some stats. Um, uh, so the listeners, obviously, you, uh, listeners should know who Ben is, but there's some stats that we'd like to share. <laughs> Do you to, know who I am? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to, to Ben's achievements, because they're, they're honestly amazing. So, Ben, obviously, thanks so much for taking the time to to be on our pod today. But from your perspective, you have 34,000 or probably over 34K subscribers on YouTube. And now you're incredibly close to 8 million views on YouTube. So for the pod listeners, please get Ben there. That would be absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, you're obviously the host of the Championship Check-In podcast with Sam Parking, which is an absolutely amazing list and definitely and listen to them love your uh you love your take and and the, the partnership you have with sam is a, is a great one and uh the first kind of uh visibility i had to you personally was yeah uh, you being one of the co-hosts on the blue monday podcast which is obviously ipswich's biggest fan podcast which is uh, <laughs> you get in trouble for saying that well yeah maybe yeah maybe uh, but, yeah there's the uh there's obviously the official one but you know I, it's, it's personally my favorite anyway uh it's a very good listen and and possibly again i know our view um the most i think you've got probably the most balanced and down to down the middle kind of analysis in the EFL and we really like your kind of balanced approach to analysis and how you kind of take both sides and obviously you've got the uh, best locks in the game as well so that's uh, <laughs> that, a big uh, one for us anyway so again thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, it's you know we're going to get you straight to work we're going to do some uh, managerial merry-go-rounds as we've done in the past and also do a bit of a fixated Ipswich game week review because obviously we've had two game two games in one week um definitely one more successful than others but it'd be good to dive straight into that so but for the listeners um uh, ben um would you be able to go into a bit about your journey and how you got into kind of like your efl analysis and your football analysis yeah i mean thank you for all the um kind compliments that was lovely hamza chowdhury of leicester probably has the best locks in the in the <laughs> efl i would i would suggest for that big excellent afro haircut but um no, I, I'm always at pains to say if, um, you know, if it's not obvious, I'm just a football fan. I'm not. And Sam Parkin, who I partner with, is an expert. He's been in dressing rooms. He's played hundreds of games. So it's very, very flattering that people care what I think and care about my opinion. And um, yeah, we've been doing it for a long while. Now I started the Blue Monday podcast, obviously, in 2015. So that's going to be 10 years uh, before we know it and it's just a bit of a creative outlet always enjoyed um you know b- 
being a creative person and obviously when the podcasting 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 yeah. there you go falling over my words like a good um a good public speaker should but <laughs> uh, when the podcasting boom sort of started off with things like the football ramble and football weekly that's when we when we hopped on with the Ipswich podcast and it's just you know as things have evolved and I sound really old now there was no we're on zoom now there was no zoom then yeah. you know there was no live streaming on YouTube or Instagram then you know vlogging vlogging in terms of football was in its infancy it had been you know life vlogging had been a thing on YouTube but a lot of these things have kind of developed as we've gone and I've just really enjoyed um doing them and what me and Dave the founder of the Blue Monday podcast always say is we would be having these conversations anyway you know just as mates the fact anyone cares to listen and god forbid now even pay mm. as a as a you know telegram member on Blue Monday or a yeah, YouTube member or a Patreon mm. or whatever is beyond my wildest dreams so yeah um really really lucky but always understanding just like you guys I'm just a fan with an yeah. opinion no it's, it's a it's a really great journey and and the fact that you know you started you know the Blue Monday podcast 10 years ago and you know podcasting was very much in its infancy certainly not the levels that podcasting is now and uh, and i know that obviously you do uh youtube live streams of games as well and that's obviously a different facet well i've, I've definitely noticed in your content which has been been excellent and yes yeah, it's, it's a very different world right now like for us joe like we, we started this podcast as just like, the same premise that you said two mates in the pub just shooting the breeze on efl and just really enjoying them conversations and if if people want to listen to that kind of conversation you know that that's bonus to us it's kind of like you know we'd be having these conversations anyway down the pub at work so it's you know kind of really nice that it started in that infancy but you know there's there's legs in it and, and you've been able to forge a career out of you know doing that and, and building some great relationships along the way yeah it's it's just odd if you told me yeah, because um, I was actually working on the EFL show for ITV last season, sitting with people like Sam Parkin and Joby McEnough and yeah. Jamie Mackey and Dean Ashton. And and then the real weird ones, I know we're going to talk about Michael Appleton, was when we had managers in, Liam Richardson, um, mm. uh, you know, sort of, um, God, we had, um, who's the Orient manager? Richie Wellings, like the day um, that they got promoted as well. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'll start talking about myself and we'll start talking about the football, <laughs> shall we? Yeah, well, I, I saw Joe's ears perk up when he said Richie Wellens. So Joe's a massive Leighton Orient fan, so he's, ah, a, he's a big, big Orient fan. Oh, Richie Wellens was absolutely fantastic. And he did tell me months before it happened that they would be signing Idris El Mazzouni, but I didn't tell anybody. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks anyway you, you could have sold quite a few nerves if you had have leaked that one but, uh, <laughs> come on Andy get us into the managerial merry-go-round we're, we're all on on tender hooks um well, as we're now re reframing it yeah well I I know Ben you've obviously released a lot of YouTube content relating to all the different sackings and and movements in the EFL it's been you know as an EFL fan, it's, it seems that it happens every week and it's always content to bring in. But I suppose the first one to focus on, and you, you alluded to it, was obviously Michael Apperton being relieved of his duties at Charlton. Um, be keen to hear your views on it. Uh, you know, from my perspective, and, and Joe, obviously pipe in as well, please. Um, 
it, it seemed a very strange sacking. I know they weren't in the best of form, but they've obviously invested massively heavily in this January transfer window. Got Ladapo in from Ipswich, which is a good good signing. You know, having that firepower up there, and and you know, I think Backinson's come in as well, which is obviously you know we we knew him last season from Ipswich as well. He seemed a half you know pretty decent player, so. You know, it's, it seems strange from a you know the the club have really heavily invested in this January transfer window, but wanted to change a manager out there. It seems to be not the norm anyway. Is that you know maybe if it's before transfer window, you get rid of the manager and they can have their own say on the squad and they can they can invest as they will. Seems a bit strange to me, Ben. But it'd be keen to hear your views on it. Well, first of all, I like. Um... Appleton and yeah. it's difficult because um he always seems to get jobs and then he had the black he went back and took the blackpool job last mm. season didn't he and was in and out pretty quickly and um maybe a, a few of us were kind of thinking this is never going to work going back anyway but I always do think there's something there I thought his Lincoln team with uh Brennan Johnson um he had Brennan Johnson on the one wing he had someone else really good on there Morgan Rogers Possibly mm. on on the other wing that got to the um got to the playoff final. So definitely a a good manager. I just think with with Charlton, unfortunately, when whenever you mention them for the last mm. well, God, going back maybe as far as like sort of twenty ten or something, you're talking about nonsense. You're talking about ownership issues, and I don't exactly know the timeline. I know um Charlie Methon is involved now. He was with. Sunderland. So I'm guessing it was just an ownership thing. Something that does bother me a little bit, though, is how leaky it was with Appleton, yeah. because that seemed to come out about three days before he actually got he actually got sacked. And fair enough, I always say is look, if my my analogy is if I if I give you the right money to buy your house, I can paint it whatever colour the hell I like, whether it's mm. a stupid colour or not, it's up to me. But um there's there's a way to conduct oneself, isn't there, in terms of hiring and firing managers? And I don't particularly like the smell when it leaks three days before. But really good club, um, you know. And we're Ipswich fans that were yeah. they were our nemesis back in the in the late nineties, and then obviously outlasted us in the Premier League and stole a yeah. couple of our best players when we went into administration. So great, great club. Um, potentially, you know, it always irks me a little bit when oh, I don't know. Nottingham Forest deserved to be in the Premier League. Sheffield Wednesday deserved to be in the Premier mm. League. But here I go. Charlton's natural level is probably not League One. Um, no, agreed. 20 years. So that, that would be my take. Yeah. It, 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 the Valley's one of like a, quite an iconic stadium. I, I love the stadium. It's a big club. You know, has the ingredients to, you know, get back to where really it should belong, at least championship level or Premier League level. So and and you know, I completely agree. The the way it was handled definitely seemed very um uh, bad behind the scenes and a bit toxic. So maybe it, it it's maybe best for both parties in the in the end. You don't know. We'll have to see what happens really and who they bring in and I I've definitely noticed this season anyway that the the time lag between clubs getting rid of managers and you know them appointing the managers look at the Swansea jobs you know Michael Duff lost lost a job and there was a good you know three or four week gap between getting Luke Williams in you know I just hope they can make a really swift appointment and actually they probably have the right guy in right guy in line um we'll have to see but Joe have you got any viewpoints on on, on that or do you agree with pretty much what we said hey I agree I think they're, they're clearly a club with higher ambitions in league one probably rightfully so and um, 
I don't know. Alfton probably wasn't doing it. It seems I, I I don't understand only giving managers like four months. To be fair, like they appoint him in August, sack him in January. But we'll see. We'll see. I am not Charlie Methan. I uh, I don't know <laughs> what goes on in that big brain. No, no, that's that's very very funny. Uh, Richard, so, just quickly, lad. Sorry, oh, Richard, yeah. Richard Corley, who's really good for Millwall and Charlton. Nathan Jones set for further talks. Yeah, um, with mm. Charlton this week. So that sounds like they've. That's that's got legs and yeah. um, you know that guy's got a good CV at well, one club anyway. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a controversial pin, but would he feel that as a little bit of a humbling? Bear in mind, he was obviously. I think that'd be a very, <laughs> very big humbling. I don't yeah. think that's a controversial opinion uh, at all. No. No, I think I think it's you know if they can get someone like you know Nathan Jones, I think that's an excellent appointment and definitely someone that's got EFL history and you know likes to play a certain way, you know, kind of the on the floor attacking style football. Obviously, he was renowned for it at Luton and and other clubs, so I I think that would be a really good appointment. And I think uh, didn't obviously happen for him at Southampton, but it's uh, you know if I'm if I'm the owner and I've got Nathan Jones as an option, I think certainly I'll be exploring that. So I think oh, that's in, a... in League One, I'd be all over yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I suppose the next one is uh, a club in Forest Green Rovers that has gone through a lot, certainly in the last you know couple of months. You know they've they've had you know issues in in the league anyway, not doing obviously great within the league in the relegation zone. They obviously had Troy Deeney as player, assistant manager, now a man now manager. Then obviously the controversy with what happened with Deeney and him being relieved of his duties after six games, but they've appointed Steve Cotterill as their new manager um, as of the last couple of days. And I think maybe it's, you know, in my mind, very quite a safe appointment. Lots of bags of EFL experience, Steve Cotterill. And I think maybe they needed a bit of stability and a bit, you know, maybe an older head, older statesman to really just, you know, get all their ducks in order and, and get that club back on the straight and narrow, maybe after all the airtime that they've had recently. That's kind of my two takes on it, Ben. What about you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never spoken yeah. to the guy that owns the place, but you said airtime. I yeah. think the general perception of the Forest Green ownership is they quite like yeah. um, airtime and people to be talking about them. And don't get me wrong, we we should say with Rob Edwards and yeah. the team that went up from um, League Two, outstanding. Yeah. But since then, oh, it's just been hopeless. Who did they have? It was Birchinal at the start of last season, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Um, and then I get Duncan Ferguson is a great player. I get that it's important that one day a female is a manager of an mm. EFL club. I get it. I get Troy Deeney is a, a huge name, but are you not admitting by then going to Steve Cottrell, like the most... By the way, I thought he was quite unlucky to get kicked out of Shrewsbury, actually, when you consider um, you know, where they were sort of in the top 10 in League One for the majority of last season but it does feel like um and I get trying to be progressive in your thinking and obviously a lot mm. of the off the pitch stuff with the sustainability players is very progressive but you know there are there are reasons why um these hires these Hollywood hires of Duncan Ferguson and mm. um Troy Deeney are few and far between and you know the experienced managers do get jobs so yeah I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll sort it out I would what I would say is um 
it's not going to look like Rob Edwards' team, but um, right. you know that's said with all respect to Steve Cottrell, mm. who um, remember the Bristol City promotion would have been twenty fourteen, possibly yeah, 13, 14, 14, 15, yeah. hundred points, hundred goals. Aiden Flint, brilliant mm. team. So um, potentially um, stronger manager that's um, worked up the chain there. But yeah, I think Forest Green, just in terms of how they're perceived, yeah. have become a bit of a laughing stock and I don't think it's an unreasonable take for people to be saying that and I hope for their sake they can that we're going to be taking them seriously again soon 100% Joe your take on that no yeah well I was about to say 100% as well yeah I I, I mean we were very vocal about the fact that the Troy Deeney appointment was extremely left field to be generous um (laughs) I think Steve Cottrell is probably the manager they only did three managers ago. But it's a shame because I think for my money, it's probably too late for this year. I mean, them and Sutton are already getting a bit cut adrift at the bottom of the league too. But again, he seems very, uh, well, there'd be fewer managers more suited to preparing a team with six months uh, in advance for uh, for a title push next year. So who knows? Hopefully back stronger um, for Forest Green. But yeah. Uh, bit of a mess. Bit of a mess that first half of the season. No, a, a bit of a mess. I think is a bit of an understatement. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. if it, if you're probably writing a book about how to run a football club or you know how to manage fans' perception, probably they're not going to be the ones that are going to be writing that book. So I think. Uh, <laughs> and then the stupid good. thing is, they've done so much good. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if we've been talking about Forest Green at the point just before Watford are going to pinch um, Rob Edwards <laughs> off them. And then, oh, who were the two fullbacks? You'll smart me up. Kane Wilson was one, went off to Bristol City. There was Ebu Adams in central midfield who went off mm. to Cardiff. I can't for the life of me remember who the left back was, but all their good players, mm. the manager, all went out. And well, But my point is, we would have been sat here saying, yeah, look at that for a job. Brilliant stuff. League One, Forest Green. Outstanding. They're going to be playing Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, Ipswich and, yeah. Um, well, no, they didn't miss Derby County, did they? Derby County as well, you know, mm-hmm. massive, massive clubs in League One size. No, I completely agree. Well, that is the manager America round for this week. Uh, it, it seems to be bringing up loads of surprise every week. So no doubt, and Joe will be probably speaking about another managerial change <laughs> uh, um, in, in the coming weeks. So no, thank you very much for your insight there, Ben. So Joe, I think you're going to go into a first game week review and get straight into it. Yeah, I think we're going to have a chat about, um, well, a couple of exciting, for different reasons, Ipswich games on deck in the last couple of weeks. Um, We'll start in a slightly more positive one, I think, with uh, the Ipswich-Leicester game. Obviously, a a week's worth of water under the bridge since. But for my money, not a terrible result, that. Leicester, I think, are far and away the best team in the league this year. So to keep them to a draw and get a point out of that and keep up the promotion push. I've been... I've been much more positive than you, Andy. I think about. I mean, it's easier for me to say because I'm not. Uh, I'm not mm. a massive Ipswich fan, but I think you're going to do it. I think second place locked in. You can call it right here. Paddy Power start cashing out that bet. I reckon. It's um yeah. I, I've I've certainly been you know. I, I think Ben will hopefully relate to it. Obviously, the, the start's been incredible, and the way that we've been playing has been incredible. I've been to a very you know quite a few games this season, and and you know we're passing teams off the field. We're having you know our 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 shots for our goals and the way we're building from the back and, and, and the style of play has been absolutely excellent. That's obviously due to McKenna's DNA, right. And, and what he's bringing into that team. But, uh, you know, I've always got that kind of like 
thought in my head, especially with now Southampton, obviously, on that absolutely incredible run they're on right now. I think it's 21 league games unbeaten or 21 games unbeaten all competitions. You always got that funny, oh, we could just get playoffs. But I'm not even thinking about promotion right now, personally, as an Ipswich fan. But I think, you know, the more we the more we grind out, we've only obviously got uh, Southampton in terms of them big four um, that are kind of chasing us to play at home uh, out of all because we beat we obviously lost to Leeds twice already. We've uh, obviously drew both times with Leicester and we beat Southampton away, which was, you know, probably played them at the right time when they were a little bit in transition mode with uh, Russell Martin. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly more on the edge of caution rather than your kind of viewpoint that we're going to get automatically promoted. But <laughs> obviously, absolutely love to see it. And it's, I think, a case of any Ipswich fan. We're just riding the wave and enjoying the moment right now. And that's, 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 a, that's a crazy one. But Ben, I'm quite keen to hear about your view of the game itself. Because uh, I know you did the... Uh, I think you did the watch along on that game, didn't you? And on your YouTube channel and uh, be good to get your insight of what you thought of the game overall against uh, Leicester away. Oh yeah. I was at the game. So yeah. Oh, yeah, you're uh, at the game, yeah, that, yeah. I, I vlogged it. Yeah. Um, brilliant result. Hmm. Um, the fact that we're even having these conversations yeah. that given how strong the three year one parachute hmm. teams are this yeah. season, the fact that Ipswich are even involved is almost sort of ludicrous, you know, that, um, any other season, you you would think, and I mean, let's be honest, the narrative, if I look at my championship table right now, if Ipswich were performing normally and say, take 19 points off Ipswich, give them 40 points, okay? Mm. Everyone would be saying, oh, the three relegated teams are 12 points clear of everybody. So Ipswich are almost um, removing potentially the most boring narrative you could possibly <laughs> have in terms of the massive cliff edge between the Premier League and the and the Championship. Um could have lost to Leicester. Mm. Leicester got far better players than Ipswich. You've got squad full of you know, talking to the Leicester fans. Oh, we've got no midfielders. Oh right, who's gonna play? Are we gonna bring in Dennis Pratt? How much did he cost? 20 million. <laughs> right. Yeah. First real first world problems here compared to <laughs> you know most championship clubs, let alone ones that have been promoted from um League One the previous season. So yeah, brilliant uh, performance. Leicester didn't manage to get the second goal in either of the two games. It um, all looked rather rather similar between the two, didn't it? In terms of the terms of the patterns, I still think they'll go on like you've suggested and uh, win the win the division. I think they might get 100 points as mm. well, but I think there might be a slight regression looking at the fixtures as we go on, and um, particularly these teams that have got FA Cup third round replays have got a pile up in February as well in terms of lots of games coming very, very, very fast. But yeah, um, tremendous. But let's talk about Maidstone, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that was, a, that was a good segue talking about FA Cup replays and, and uh, maybe it was a masterclass. Maybe it was a well, we'll get out of the cups early to maintain the maintain the promotion push in the league. Um, yeah, interesting game. This one, you did watch along, right? Rather than actually going to the game. Um, yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, well, first of all, you have to win with humility and you have to lose with humility. And you have to say, for a side to have won their seventh FA Cup tie of the season from the National League South with about yeah. five Cup tied players is incredible. And I'm not saying this because I'm an Ipswich fan. I'd say this, whatever team was involved. It was a massive freak of a game, wasn't it? It was yeah. just like if you played out the perfect scenario for Maidstone in terms of the 38 shots and 
you know, one goal and two breakaways and a couple of goals. So um, it, what it does prove is that the, the magic is still there in football. You'll hear me moaning about cliff mm. edges and gaps between Premier League and Championship and parachute teams and the rest of the Championship. But it does prove if you get that lightning in a bottle day where everything goes perfectly for the underdog, you can get it's 11 blokes v 11 blokes yeah. on a on a rectangle of grass trying to kick a ball into a goal and you can get mental <laughs> outlier <laughs> results like that. So it's now all about for Ipswich, how do they, do they react and, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully brush it off. But I just think with all humility, you have to say the perfect game by Maidstone. The only way they could have won that game is <laughs> what, is what happened. And you just have to applaud them and, and you know, take your medicine. Yeah, two, two very tidy, two very tidy finishes from them as well. Uh, the the lob over uh, Walton was a was a brilliant goal. Um, and you got to like just just clap them. Like Ipswich had thirty eight shots in the game. I think an xG of three point eight seven compared to like zero point two for for Maidstone. In, in for the, for them as a national league staff, we actually interviewed last week. Um, Danny Scopes, who's the Averley FC manager, so they're in the same division as as Maidstone in National League South, and it was really interesting to see his insight. And, and you know, I, I talked to him offline about you know what kind of you know how transformational can a like a really good cup run be for a team like in the National League South. Honestly, I think they get near half a million now for getting into the f- the fifth round, all the Brilliant. TV time, and that, that 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 locks them in for the next five, ten years sustainably, really, as as a football club, and allows them to invest in the pitch. I think they're investing in the infrastructure and trying to make the stadium like five thousand capacity. So, like you said, you need to be human. You have to be, you know, humble in defeat. And if anything, you know, like you said, it's how we react as a club and how you know don't let that result kind of dictate. You know, a, a hopefully a not a barren run in form uh, and but for a club like Maidstone you know you just got to take your heart off to them and say they came with a game plan they came to you know try and frustrate and, and withstand the pressure as much as possible keeper had an absolute worldy of a day I think it was probably his best performance ever in history of football it was unbelievable some of the saves that the keeper was making can and... I just comment on that though yeah. um what I will say is in terms of a goalkeeper and we obviously had this with Bart Bialkowski at Ipswich yeah. It's very different playing in goal behind a stacked defence yeah. um, that are going to get blocks on stuff. And do you know what I mean? That type yeah. of game. So, yes, the keeper saved everything yeah. he should have. And I've actually seen a couple of barbs at Christian Walton, who basically hmm. was on his own in his in his own half. And, you yeah, know, yeah. hence he got dinked. So, kudos to the goalkeeper. I'll I'll give him that. But... It's very different um, playing in goal behind 10 men behind the ball. It's, it's fine. You know, it is what yeah. it is. And they, they get, and often those type of um, teams can see deflected goals because there's just so yeah. many bodies um, in the way of everything every time. But I just thought I'd mention that, that we I don't think we should go overboard about the um, about the keeper just for that reason. I always remember yeah. Bart Bielkowski being our player of the year for three years in a row. But... He had a low block in front of him every single week. So the type of chances that were conceded were ones that were conducive with a good goal- goalkeeper saving them. But again, I'm starting to sound like I'm bitter. I'm trying to lose with humility. <laughs> Amazing, perfect performance by Maidstone, just to make that very clear. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. That's that's why we loved your balanced opinion on that. That's why we, why we yeah. wanted you on the pod in the first place. Equal so. out of both sides of my mouth, yeah. <laughs> 
no that's that's really good and um i suppose just before we before we close the interview um and and it would be remiss of us to not talk about what the really the second half of the season looks looks like for ipswich it's an absolutely massive four or five months for the for the club um if if we're you know dreaming we could be on the cusp of a double promotion which would be absolutely unheard of really for a, a league one side to to come up from the champion to the championship and go up automatically straight away we're on the cusp of that potentially um it'd be good to hear your view and what you think the second half of the season will look like for Ipswich. i suppose one thing to talk about is the transfer window we're currently in the transfer window right now and you know, obviously we need a striker. That's that's absolutely imperative. And I know we've been linked and I've seen a lot of reports about Ali Al-Hamadi from AFC Wimbledon coming in. Obviously young, young striker, obviously doing great stuff in League One. Um, do you think that's enough personally? Or do you think we need another striker for the transfer window? But also just generally for the next four or five months, in your mind, what does the season look like for the rest of, rest of the season? Sorry. Um, the first thing I would say is, and I'm trying to think about the most brilliant promotions from the championship in the last 10 years or so. I mean, there's the Norwich one where they came out of, they ran out of parachute payments and came out of nowhere with Wendy and Pookie. But, you know, they've been in the Premier League. They had a couple of ace players. Um, Sheffield United with Chris Wilder playing brilliant football. Obviously, Luton last season. If Ipswich get promoted this season, given what um, Leicester, Southampton and Leeds are doing. In fact, if they get promoted automatically, yeah. I think that top every single one of those um, promotions just in terms of the the achievement because they've just got... Um, if, you, if you were to just take it with the financial landscape, they've just got no right to be anywhere near anybody. And we'll look at their transfer window and see what's happening. And again, it looks like they're going to be taking a striker from League Two for... Okay, yeah. for a million quid, and I'm sure we'll you get say Rotherham fans comment and saying, "Well, look, we haven't got a million quid to spend on a striker in January." So I get it; it's all it's all relative, but yeah, it could be the most incredible um, sort of back to back two seasons. Um, the chances of doing it, um, as much as I'd love to see it, are slim because you're essentially asking for what was it, ninety eight points last yeah. season and it's honestly looking like you're going to need 93 94 even to get second place this season given what the other teams are doing so the thick end of 195 points across two seasons um maybe we'll look back if Ipswich finish in the playoffs and say if they'd managed to keep everybody fit which is a hell of an ask for basically would be one and a half seasons from Valentine's Day last year all the yeah. way through to the end of this season and get the job done, then maybe, maybe. But look, we'll see. And I've just mentioned that in terms of if Southampton beat Watford in their replay, they got three game weeks for five weeks in a row. Um, mm. So it's going to get stodgy. Mm. Leeds have got to go to Plymouth twice, Bristol City and Swansea in the space of two weeks. So it's going to get very, very busy for everybody. Some clubs thrive on that and, you know, they're just the muscle memory kicks in and they just keep banging out the wins. And whoever gets this second place is going to be the team that's that's able to do that. Um, by all logic, it won't be Ipswich. But you never, never know 
you know, if the momentum can keep up and there's a slip maybe in Leeds and a slip in Southampton, then maybe they've got a chance. And we all know if they can get to round 46, Leeds play Southampton on the last day of yeah, the season. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it all flips and it's like, oh, someone's definitely dropping points over there. So it could be, it could be incredible. But hey, would I also be surprised if we were sat here at Easter and Southampton were over 80 points and they'd sped <laughs> off or Leeds had sped off? Would I be surprised by that? No, um, either. So look, could be incredible. Um, looking at the big picture, it's just been an absolutely brilliant um, year or so um, since Valentine's Day last year. And if they could extend it to a brilliant 18 months, then you could get one of the best EFL stories we've had in a long time. Couldn't agree more. I think if you could bottle up the last 18 months or like 14 months in Ipswich is like career. I think, you know, people will be writing films about that, stories about that for, for so long. And, and Amazing. it's unreal. And and the the impact, like, you know, one you know, we we were only saying like three years ago we had Paul Cook in in which was, you know, a a, a tough, tough watch at times, but then bringing in McKenna at Christmas at that particular season and him going on the run that he did and only missing playoffs by, you know, by probably five or six points really in, in the grand scheme of things and his, you know, point to point to, you know, point to game ratio now. It's just been superb and, and one that probably any Ipswich fan will be like, you know, where was this for the last 15, 20 years? And then where, you know, where, where's this, where's this come from? And, and the fact the club's in such a great spot and, you know, we're getting 27 to 30, you know, 29,000 every single week at Portman road and the club just, and the work they're doing in the community is, it's, it's transformational stuff. Certainly with, you know, how Ipswich are perceived, how Ipswich are running as a club. It's, you know, regardless of what happens this season, really it's, it's, you know, if it's playoffs and we don't go up, or even if we miss out on the playoffs, but I don't think that's pretty much. You know, I think if anything but playoffs now, I think is is the absolute minimum. It you know, we we've made ourselves sustainable and, and a great great club, great you know run club for many many years to come. And I think you know it's only you know McKenna's a massive massive part of that, and I've been his biggest fan since he came in. But the whole infrastructure of the club is certainly in a, a lot better place than this time, like five or six years ago. Right. So, you know, we can only be really grateful for that. Amen. Preach brother. Amen. <laughs> Preach, man. <laughs> Love that. Well, I think we'll come. I think that's probably a nice way to kind of segue and, and close out the interview. Yeah, there. that was nice and positive. I like Absolutely. that. Love that. Um, honestly, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are and, you know, um, we really appreciate, you know, you, you putting your insight and, you know, your your excellent analysis on on, on our pod and uh, for us to, you know, reach even more people and we, you know, to, and it's great to see your passion and love for what you do, Ben. So thank you so much. Oh, you've been, you've been nothing but kind and, um, little peep behind the curtain here. You're going to find out when you stick Sky Sports News on why I'm about to disappear and yeah. make a video entitled Huddersfield Sack Manager Darren Moore that has ha yeah. happened while we're, while we're on air. So, um, yeah. There's your managerial merry-go-round for yeah. next week. Incredible. It's live. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> wow. There you go. You heard it here absolutely first. So looking forward to that video coming out, Ben, momentarily. No, honestly, thank you, Ben. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, obviously follow Ben on all the social platforms. We'll put them all on the episode description when we when we release this. And, uh, you know, you're doing some great work, Ben. Keep it up, mate. Pleasure. Off to talk about Darren Moore. Yeah, excellent. Perfect. Thanks, Ben.
And so concludes another rip-roaring interview, courtesy of uh, of the FL Sesh podcast. Um, thanks again, all of our thanks to to Ben, absolutely spectacular guest, um, and even dropping live, up-to-date EFL information on us as well, which is, which is exciting stuff. Um, we'll be back after the break for your uh, your EFL Sesh classics, prediction leagues, Canvey Island updates. Uh, you, you know what to expect. We'll see you in a bye. Hello. Hope you had a fantastic break. We certainly have. Um, even more fantastic by the fact that we're about to smash straight into the predictions league. Um, so without further ado, I won't keep you waiting. I'll um I'll inform you of our game week 22 uh, performance. And then I think, Andy, you've chosen some games for us to predict for for the, for, for this upcoming week, which sure I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to get wrong. Um, <laughs> so started off Millwall Preston, um, or Mil- sorry, Millwall Preston. Um, nice. I was feeling positive about the wall. I thought 2-1. Um, you went for a 1-0, a board draw, and you were bang on. It was 1-0. That's a rip-roaring start. Three points to nil. Um Moving on to League One, Wigan versus Stevenage. I said two all. You said three one Wigan, and actually Wigan almost pulled pulled through. Um, it was briefly two all before. Yeah, that was mid Wigan just fumbling the result. Um, <laughs> Stevenage came back to win three two, invalidating both of our uh, our predictions and also my my assurance that Wigan were going to do well this game. So a bit disappointing. Nil pois. And, uh, and and Steve Evans proving people wrong at every uh, single game we're going at. Big Steve Evans, we love him. Well, I don't love him. <laughs> I, I don't love him, but he is he is proving people wrong, which remains an eternal frustration. But yeah, I mean, Steve is just ripping it up still. Very, yeah. very irritating. And then League Two, Crew versus Salford. Apologies, Crew. Put the absolute mockers on you. Outrageous winning run, seeming like you couldn't be stopped. Playing Salford, who are not in the best of form, we both went for Crew victories, and obviously Crew lost three two to Salford. <laughs> so another nil par piece. Um, yeah, apologies to everyone involved with Crew Athletic Football Club, which means <laughs> that after my couple of weeks ago, where I got four points to nil and thought I was back in it, I have then, over the course of the last two weeks, lost four nil. Um, one nil <laughs> the week before last, three nil this week. Your 10-point lead is restored. You are on 38 points overall. I'm on 28. I I, I, I feel like I was gloating three weeks ago, but I'm <laughs> gloating no longer. Um, come on, so, put me out of my misery. We need to move past this uh, this very quickly. So I'll, I'll, I'll need the games and I'll need to be predicting them right, please. I say just. I was going to say just. Uh, you say just be like switch and be humble and defeat me against Maidstone. You need to. That's be like true. That. Yeah, I. Well, I need to be more humble in winning. I think I, I'm too. I'm too <laughs> used to losing, so I'm actually quite good at that bit. It's when I sort of get the sniff of victory, I just yeah, heads gone, head. just inflates <laughs> like yeah. a hot air balloon. Love it. Okay, so the games I've picked for next week um, mm. on Saturday is uh, for in Championship. I've gone for potentially a bit of a relegation dogfight in Blackburn versus QPR. Oh, that's a great one. Mm. Um, oh, I am going to go for Blackburn 2, QPR 1. I am going to go 
four 0 Blackburn. I think it's going to be absolute. Whoa. Rap. I don't know why. Just think Blackburn wow. come back somehow, and QPR are just unfortunately just a bit rubbish, aren't they at the moment? Wow. I whoa, that has that has thrown me. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Well, you've come out really strong now. Strong now I'm, I'm going to have to get a bit larry with my predictions. <laughs> um, and then potentially a again promotion fighting um, game in League One. Bolton Barnsley. Oh, this is a great one. Um, I'm going for Bolton four, Barnsley two. No, I've gone bold. I've gone two yep. old Desmond. Yep, fair, Desmond fair. Two. Probably there you go. We've both gone for a Larry one and a sensible one then. So <laughs> <laughs> And then we mm. we obviously spoke about them earlier, but we're gonna go for in league two of the Cowleys, Colchester United versus mm. Steve Cotterell's Forest Green Rovers. What a game that is as well. That is, that is. Relegation, uh, six-pointer that is. Or 12-pointer if I did hear one. If I ever did say so myself, that's the word I was looking for, the phrase. Hey, I love that. Hey, they're going to do it. Colchester are going to do it, and they're going to do it handsomely. They're going to win 3-0. Love that. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Colchester win. Yeah, very good. Like that a lot. Cowley's feet under the table now, ready to go. Yeah, the all, all systems firing. I reckon. Any uh, any newbies this week? I'll I'll confirm. No, no newbies. So, no debutants in the uh, predictions league to speak <sighs> of this week. I have to I have to do better next week, Joe. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. I actually I quite enjoy the fact that it's completely random. Um, yeah. Yeah, it it's makes good. it all the more exciting when a new team Tough does games, come up. Though. Like they're, they're all kind of like it could go either way, couldn't they? Both mm. all them games, because Blackburn could have a stinker, Bolton could have a stinker, and Colchester could have a stinker. So you never know, couldn't you? It's, it's one of them things. We'll have to see. But Cowleys, if you want to come on the pod, we've reached out. It'd be lovely to have you <laughs> on the pod. Definitely they, they, out there. This is their. I've heard on good authority as well. That this is their favorite segment. They um, yeah, absolutely. They love the predictions league. So we could. They they would be allowed to predict um, three games if they so wished. Yeah, um, love that. I'm sure we could arrange that. Hundred percent. Well, shall I move on to the uh, the Canvey Island update? I'd love to. Yeah, my. I was about to say my second team, but they're they're much. They don't deserve that dishonor. They're not my second team. They're my one and a half team. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You now have two shirts from yeah. uh, well, Cali exactly, Cali. yeah, unreal. Like uh, you should send a picture. You still need to put it on the pot. You still, yeah, I do. Yeah, party. sorry, X X awaits. I uh, I'll do that today. There you go. Love that. Good. Um, well, um, I, I would love to say that uh, we're bringing a positive Canvey Island update this week, but um, that is very much far from the truth. <laughs> um, so in the in the league on Saturday, they uh, they faced uh, Chatham Town away from home, away from the movie star stadium. And uh, yeah, it was unfortunately, as the match report suggests, a grim day for the goals in Kent. Mm. Um, it was a, uh, started off not very well. Um, Tinibu or Tinubu uh, scored for chat, or actually an own goal, sorry. Uh, so Canvey already put it in their own net uh, after two minutes to make it 1-0 Chatham. Uh, Nazala then scores a 12th minute goal to make it 2-0, um, already at 12 minutes. So uh, not the start you want, Brev. Um, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Brad's, Brad's men aren't um, firing uh, on all cylinders in the first 12 minutes. And then uh, Isiaka um, scores a goal for Chatham to make it 3-0 on 30 minutes. 
Um, again, not looking good, Brev. And uh, Beckwith scores a goal on the 34th minute to make it 4-0 Chatham without the half-time whistle coming, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, sometimes, you know, you get to them you know, once the second goal goes in, you know, sometimes the floodgates open. Unfortunately, it was uh, the case for, for Canvey here. And uh, I do get... I, I, it's weird to say a consolation goal in the 39th minute, but that kind of felt like what it was at uh, that point. So Salmon gets a goal on the uh, left like a Salmon, clearly on the 39th minute to make it 4-1. Um, and then half-time, um, Brad's obviously got to bring him in, try and steady the ship. I think he alluded to it in our interview, which again, if you haven't listened to it, please listen to the Brad Wellman interview. It's absolutely superb. But the thing is, he says, like, you know, if you're down and if you're down, just make sure you don't concede many more you know you need to steady the ship um and that's what they did pretty much for the whole of the second half you know they they pretty much steady the ship they did concede one on the one on the 56th minute to Asiaka but 5-1 that's when it where it stayed so technically it was only one nil in the second half so you know try and damage limitation really for for the club um on that day so certainly a day to forget um for um Hanvey but Chatham are second in the league they're one of the best teams in the league they're right up there so, you know, you are sometimes going to get them results and when a team in form are, you know, continuing to be in form and play well on the day, you know, anything can happen really, which is a shame. But can we stay 13th in the league, um, just below hashtag United um, uh, on uh, 35 points, um, only still only seven points away from the playoff zone. So, you know, the the season's long. You still got plenty of teams to play, plenty of points to play for. Um, and, you know, teams are ready. It, it's... It seems at the moment now that the games are equaling out. There's not many teams that have games in hand over everybody. So we're kind of on like a level playing field now. And, you know, it's really going to be which team wants it more and which team's going to be consistent. And let's hope we can see Canvey go on a uh, a massive um, a massive run moving forward, right? So let's, fingers crossed, let's hope this is just a little blip in the road and they can get back on the straight and narrow, Joe. Mm, some tough games coming up, though. Play, played second on Saturday. We've got third and fourth next. So yeah. we're into our uh, into scary season. But yeah, absolutely. Hey, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Gamby Ireland, coming for you, I'm afraid. Billericke and Enfield, respectively. Yeah, completely agree. Up the goals. Um, yeah, so that is the uh, that is the pod for today, Joe. It's mm. flown by, to be totally honest. Absolutely flown by. Um, again, thank you so much to Ben for being on the pod today. It was really great to hear his insight, and you know he's one of like you know my favourite football content creators in, in in on YouTube. Um, his insight is great, and uh, the way he goes about his business is uh, top class, and he's an utmost professional. What a top guy. Um, you know we'll put all his socials in the in the uh, episode description. Um, and uh, you know please reach out to us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the EFL Sesh Pod. Um, you know we're we're hopefully fingers crossed, Joe. We're going to be hitting a thousand listeners literally as of today. Hopefully when the, when the when the pod comes out, we're very close. Next the, next episode's a champagne one. I'm telling yeah, you, absolutely. And popping it live. The, the Averly episode we had last week, you know, did some excellent numbers. And thank you to all the Averly fans that have reached out and, you know, shining a light on their manager, Danny Scopes, who is honestly an absolutely top guy. We love him here on the pod. What, what a guy. Um, and uh, obviously listen to the pod on all your podcasting platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And please leave us a five star review and all that, all that good stuff. And it would be great to... Uh, you know, keep growing the pod. We're loving what we're doing. We, you know, me and Joe have been on the blow and we've got loads of guests lined up for the next couple of months. So we're really excited to, you know, provide some different perspectives and, you know, get some more people within the EFL and and uh, and non-league on the pod. So exciting things to come, Joe, mate. 
They are indeed. And uh, I have to say, not not too many different perspectives. So as long as they align with mine, then uh, then we're all right. I don't want, don't want too much. Uh, yeah, disapproval of my rogue <laughs> shouts. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, no, absolutely not. Like, you know, remember, negativity at the door, positivity always. That's what we love to see. Exactly that. Nice one. Well, we'll end it there. Hope you all have a lovely, wonderful rest of your day, week, month, year, whatever time you listen to this pod. And we'll see you very, very soon. Ta-da.